This episode is dedicated to the nine victims that we lost this Sunday morning in Los Angeles. John Altobelli, Carrie Altobelli, Alyssa Altobelli, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, Eric Zabayan, Christina Mauser, Gianna Bryant, and Kobe Bryant. And a 17-time NBA All-Star, the third highest scorer in NBA history, the 2008 MVP, two-time NBA Finals MVP, Bounces, the sound that it makes, the smell of a basketball, the nets when you, when you shoot the ball and it goes right through the net, you know, the sneakers as they squeak on the wood, the strategies, the competition, the camaraderie, the fans, you just go on and on and on. I take you to this scene, 20 seconds left to go. You're down by one. You want the ball. You want to take the last shot. Absolutely. I'm not afraid to fail, and I, I just love it. It's, it's, it's just an adrenaline rush. Everybody in the crowd stands up, and everybody's waiting to see if you're going to make the shot, if you're going to lose the game, or you're going to win the game. It's, it's, it's an unbelievable rush. <laughs> Sorry, I just got lost for a second. <laughs> Please join us as we take a 24-second moment of silence in honor of Kobe. From the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. Thank you for joining us uh, for another episode of The Forum, uh, episode 15. Uh, we, today we got all four of us. Uh, we got Luke over in Philly, uh, McLean over in uh, Tampa, and Carl in South Florida. Uh, me, myself, in San Diego, California. Uh, it's a somber episode for all of us. Uh, today's Wednesday, um, three days prior on Sunday. Uh, as you guys have heard, um, Kobe... Uh, Kobe and his daughter and seven others were um, left us uh, tragically in a helicopter accident. Honor this uh, episode to Kobe, and we'll talk about it. It's it's going to be tough. I'll be honest. Um, I've been. We've had our chat. We have our own chat group uh, of the forum with the three with the four of us, and I personally been haven't been too involved because I it's. It's tough. It's tough seeing all the videos that everybody's been posting. Um, 
it's you know everybody uh, agrees differently but it just it's been tough for all of us um i just gonna start off with a luca um how did everything how how did everything how do you feel man Uh, how's everything going yeah i mean it's um obviously been really tough i mean it it really really hit me hard um I mean, I, I, you know, there's a lot of things in, that I have in common with Kobe Bryant, believe it or not. I mean, the, just the way his life was, and I'll go into more in detail later on. But yeah, it's been, uh, it hit me really, really hard. <laughs> I never I never thought I would feel what I felt in the last three days for somebody that I didn't know personally, believe it, you know. You were the, actually, I found out from you um, when he sent it in the text, group text. Uh, mm-hmm. My reaction was, uh, here comes just another random message from Luca. It's a Saturday, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon, trying to relax here. And then, um, you know, I had to read it a bunch of times. I had to click on the link. And then, you know, certain sources have a certain level of uh, just relevance. TMZ, you know. Um, I remember, I think, uh, with um, uh, Michael Jackson with TMZ when that happened. And I remember those feelings. Um it was just a shock. My, I think you, you gotta look at the chat. Oh my God! Don't be true. Don't be true. Please be wrong, TMC. Please be wrong. Um, but I, how did you find out? How did you guys find out? Uh, I mean, I found out in a weird. Way. I mean, not weird, but like, so like I was just like hanging out with my girl. We were watching the show Power. You know, like. Uh, we were like streaming it early because like it's it's on demand early, and uh, Katie says to me, "Kobe died," and I'm like, "I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that can't like that's not even like something that can happen, you know? Like, it, like it does the, the idea of that doesn't even make sense to me. So um, she shows me her phone, and like it's just like all these these links. It was like 3 p.m. All these links. Um, about Kobe Bryant is dead or has died, whatever. Um, and even that didn't totally like convince me. But then like I saw that it said that he died in a helicopter crash, and I was like, "Fuck!" Because like I've known, because I know way too much about Kobe Bryant. Like he's been taking helicopters around since like. Basically, since he essentially got married or whatever, like, uh, or early 2000s, essentially, like, so, like, I knew that's how, like, he traveled to save time, and I was, like, so then, like, I, I literally, I went to the bathroom, I don't even know why I went to the bathroom, to be honest, like, um, and, uh, I had an appointment, so I told my, I had an appointment at four o'clock, I had to meet somebody for, like, I was actually interviewing somebody for, like, another side thing that I do, like just like I'm, I'm writing like I'm, like a writing thing. I mean, obviously something I have in common with Kobe. Um, uh, and um, I just like I start holding back tears. I'm like, because I start like I start accepting it, and then like um, I'm like, well, I can't be crying now. I gotta go. And then like I go outside, and then like I go outside to the living room again, and then I'm like, I don't even know if I can do this thing. She's like, well, you have to go. And then I'm like. It's cliche as fuck to say, but I'm like, you're right. Yeah, I have to go. And that's like, I mean, and I was, I don't know if I was thinking this at the time, but that's like the most like, like kind of like Mamba thing. Like you got to do what you have to do. Are you committed to doing something at four o'clock and these people are depending on you? 
you had to go do it. So then like, I drove, like Luca knows what I'm talking about, basically from Fort Lauderdale to Aventura. And like, I have to like, I was trying to avoid our, our group chat and everything. People, people were texting me, messaging me like within the hour. And I'm just like, I answered our group chat because I was like, let me just like say that I saw it or whatever, but and tell people I saw it. But um, it was crazy, man. Like, like I, when I was leaving that thing, my mom, I called my mom because she asked me to tell her, um, oh, how, did, how it goes. And then she, she knew what happened. And she was like, she was like, I, I was like, I was going to call you before, but I, was gonna, I wasn't going to tell you because I know how you feel about Kobe Bryant. So it's like, she was like, she didn't want me to feel that way before I, I got to go do this thing, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, I think what, what Carl's saying, a couple of parts really resonate me with me. Um, I mean, I was hanging out with my girlfriend, also her family, and, and, you know, I see just like a random tweet about a helicopter crash. And I'm like, why am I getting a tweet about a helicopter crash? Like, and then I start seeing messages pouring in from you guys, other people I know that, that follow basketball, other tweets and stuff. And it's just, you know, a wave of, you know, you get one bit of information. Kobe was on the helicopter, another bit of information that, you know, all of his daughters might've been on the helicopter that Rick Fox was there, other, other people. And it's just like wave after wave. And it's just, you know, shocking if anything, and I mean, I I don't know the guy, but I feel like, you know, like Carl was saying, it's something you, you couldn't have even imagined. He was bigger than life. And I mean, the more you just heard about it and consumed, it's just tragic and, and uh, I don't know, I can't, I can't stop thinking about it really. No, yeah, I mean, I, actually me, I mean, when I found out I was down in uh, Miami, um, Actually, the night before we went out with me, uh, a friend of mine, and my girlfriend, we went out and we, we were looking at this sports bar on the street, and the the Sixers were playing the the Lakers, and uh, I was watching right exactly when LeBron passed Kobe in the in the score, you know, the all, I think third time or fourth fourth all time scoring. Yeah, third. Third, yeah. Uh, and I was, you know, I was like, it was like a nice moment. I was like, and it was against the Sixers, you know, Kobe was from Philly and he had a connection with that team. Um, and yeah, I mean that was crazy. So the, and then I went home and I followed Kobe on Instagram and I, I, he posted about LeBron, like congratulating himself to LeBron uh, for for achieving that amazing uh, goal. And then nothing. Then the next day, I was in the backyard with my dog and I was just staring at the sky. It was a beautiful day. I was staring at the sky and then like I was looking at an airplane pass by and then like crazy i was like just like looking up and thinking about stuff about my life that i'm trying to decide right now and then i looked down on my phone and and i got this <laughs> notification that kobe bryant is dead at 41 and I, I couldn't believe it i went i went back into the house and my my father and my my friend of mine and my mom my mom and my girlfriend were in the living room and i, I just told them hey guys i have to tell you a really bad news that kobe bryant just passed away and my you know, I mean, we all know Kobe's roots in Italy, and, and my parents, you know, they really know Kobe Bryant. I mean, they don't even follow basketball that much, but they know who Kobe Bryant is, believe it or not. And they were, like, distraught about this news. I mean, it was horrible, horrible, even to break the news to them. I, I couldn't believe it. I think, I mean, I, I mean, nobody believed it. I mean, I thought it was a joke. And then, like McLean said, I mean, all the 
the different news started coming out that you know the daughters were there that was horrible and then they confirmed that gianna was on the flight and then there was five people then it turned out to be nine and three little you know it was three girls you know young girls and then it was just you know horrible horrible day horrible day yeah yeah i can relate um I remember my mom calling me 8 p.m. around 8 p.m. Um, my time, and <laughs> you know I I already knew what she was. She, my mom doesn't watch basketball, but she she know who she knows the main players. Kobe. She actually she actually knows a pretty good amount of basketball players, but she's like uh, just wanted to call to let you know, um, making sure you're okay. Um, because she she remembered me watching Kobe and Shaq, and uh, during their dynasty and following them, I was you know I was at my pl- at my mom's place, and I don't know it, but you know even if you didn't know who Kobe was um, in the basketball sense, that you know he kind of affected a lot of people um, in different ways. Uh, but yeah, it's tough. You, you know, you see the outpouring on social media. Uh, I, I don't know if it was a shock or. I and he's a he's played a positive role in all our all of our lives in some way, but just seeing the outpouring from different people and how Kobe changed their lives, you know, that was that was special, and stories continue to come out. Um from just different individuals famous or not famous uh, yeah i mean yeah. we've all heard everyone on tv all all sorts of athletes coming out saying their connection you know people in in journalism and and other celebrities and stuff you know people that were fortunate enough to actually meet kobe but some you guys are saying um is is just you know anybody could connect with Kobe just like Carl did on the very day that he died because of that Mamba mentality thing and and you know he symbolized just you know push forward do your best all that stuff keep persevering and and I think that's why he could connect with so many people why it why everyone felt this I mean he was huge in LA huge in basketball huge just to the each one of us who never, you know, could have even come close to to knowing him, but he meant a lot to all of us. Yeah, I, I agree with Mac. I think, I think, I mean, he was such a diverse type of person. I mean, not only about basketball, but just just every every sport. He was involved in so many different type of sports. He was, you know, raised in in, in abroad. He spoke Spanish. He spoke Italian. Uh, he followed like soccer. He was always like involved in like just. Tennis. He, he was involved he, in tennis. He as used well. to trash talk uh, Luka Doncic in um, in Slovenian too. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. That's why a lot of people connected. All of, that's why he was a, like a global icon. I mean, I don't think anybody came close to anything what Kobe was. I mean, maybe Michael Jordan, but even Kobe, Tiger, maybe, maybe Tiger. But I mean, there's big names like Nadal, Federer, yeah, all these yeah, big guys. Yeah. But Kobe, like, he just like every single country had you know something in common with him just because of how diverse he was. And uh, you know how involved he was in different things, not just basketball. He, I mean, he won an Oscar. I mean, the guy was at forty years old. I mean, it was phenomenal. He was a genius. Learned Italian. Started first grade over there in an Italian school. I was six. Uh, my sister was seven. My older sister was eight. What influence do you think it had on? You? I mean, I've 
spalla. Questa è la mia casa. I go to Philadelphia, uh, start my eighth grade, uh, eighth grade year. And um, it was a difficult adjustment because kids weren't speaking English. Everybody was speaking slang. And I didn't understand one word. You know, somebody would say, stop sweating me. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, um, me and Rav used to have debates about, like, talent versus, um, like, work ethic. And uh, even though, like, I think we each kind of missed each other's points, like, I think at the end of the day, at least I, 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 I think we kind of agree that, like, it takes, it takes a little bit of both. And that's what I was, what I was trying to, like, say to him. But, like, he's kind of, like, the type of person that, that shows that, like, even if you have talent in things, it's like, you got to have the work, too, you know? Like, uh, like this guy, it's like, like Luca was saying, like, he's like, um, like such a diverse individual. Like, I feel like if you were to like tell somebody about even at only 41, dying at 41, like all these things that this guy could do, it's like, yeah, like he was, he, he had basketball talent, like to some naturally to some degree, cause it made his dad played in the NBA, but like he made the most absolute most of it with work. And then like, um. And like he completely surpassed what his dad was, and um, like uh, like like how we like winning the Oscar and like he like he was writing children's books like we were talking about before we started this like, and like just it's just like uh, showing that like like you can do like if you put the work in you can do these things and like we got to remember this is a guy that like he went straight to the NBA he didn't go to college but you'll hear journalists say that like he's the smartest athlete they ever met it's like. Obviously, like, um, right. the high school education is not the only reason for that, you know? It's like, it's just like it shows that, like, uh, what kind of, like, like, somebody can be so multifaceted and, like, multi-talented. It's like, like, it takes, it takes, like, a lot of, like, desire to be like that, you know? That's just, like, it's something very, like, I mean, inspirational. It makes me want to, like, do more, too, like. I feel like I don't live up to my potential. I mean, but that's just not, that's not the point of the conversation right now. But just like he kind of makes you like feel like you should be doing that, you know? You know, actually, before this recording, I think I sent you a screenshot, yeah. of Carl, about uh, we were talking. We were talking about you know I, I was this isn't this isn't about me, but I was in a rut uh, at the end of twenty like around twenty eighteen or so, and I remember just sitting in a coffee shop and just trying to figure out the next step of my life and. You know, I just started binge watching a bunch of uh, Kobe Kobe videos, and more more particular, just like the Mamba mentality, and um, just that that six seven hour period of me being in that coffee shop, lis listen watching, listening to all those videos, chatting to you, um, it was life changing. Um, you know, I, I I related more to Kobe in the in the in the, his. Um, I guess his motivational teachings, you know, I, you know, uh, you know, you know his full biography, but, um, but, you know, that, that, uh, everything he said, every, all his teachings has, has made a huge impact in my life. I'm not even sure where I'm going with this right now, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, just touching back on that, what Carl was, was saying about that debate, I think he, he kind of acknowledged you need both parts. I think um, I heard one of his quotes was something like he wanted to be the hardest working, talented person out there. You know, right. he knew he knew he was talented, but that wasn't going to stop him or deter him from being the hardest working guy to get to the top where he wanted to be. And then just 
yeah, I mean, his life was obviously cut short, cut shorter than any of us would have ever dreamed of. But the the great thing and the crazy thing about it is he lived a fuller life in 41 years than most people can imagine in, you know, 80 plus full, full life. I mean, 81 so um i mean obviously no one no one could have uh seen this coming and and dreamed of it but you know he i think t-mac was saying you know when he was younger he said you know i want to die young and i think yeah yeah, i think he you know he changed that when he became more um involved in it with his family and everything and he had his daughters and stuff like that but i think he sort of lived that way and and there's something about that that we could all take a little bit of message from it's just you know embrace the day and and push through your fears and stuff like that yeah i think i think that's the biggest gift that he left behind i mean the message that that he that he had i mean anything you do in life it could be basketball it could be you know working at i don't know (laughs) a burger king but you know if you're gonna do it you gotta do it 100 percent in anything you do you got and you gotta love what you do even I was I've been doing a lot of research on the guy the last couple of days because I'm I'm you know producing I'm editing the episode and I'm listening to a lot of his interviews and one of the things he said was um, after retirement the first thing that he thought about was like what's the biggest industry that I can start investing in and then he's like you know I, that's wrong I shouldn't think like that I should think like what do you love to do what what's what ma- what moves you what what makes you feel love inside and like and then he thought about it and, and it's was storytelling for him since when he was a kid. He's like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to get involved in storytelling and that's what I love to do. And that's, and he loved to play basketball and every, and you got to go for what you love. And when you, when you love something, you're going to give it, you know, your all, it's going to be more natural. And I, and that message is going to stick around, you know, forever. Yeah. I mean, um, to piggyback off that, it's like, um, the crazy thing is that like, uh, Kobe, like, if he liked something, it's like he did, like he didn't do it, like, uh, just to do it, you know. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, I like this thing, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it all the way, you know. And like that makes me think about, like, I don't know, like, like I'm not trying to make this like a therapy session or anything, but it just like it makes me <laughs> makes me think, like, like even myself, like, um, like I said, like all you guys know, I'm a writer or whatever, but like, there's times I don't feel like writing, you know, <laughs> like I just want to like. <laughs> do something else like I have short stories that I don't that I haven't like f- touched up and finished up because like I'm scared of failing or because like, I don't feel like doing it it's like neither of those things are mamba mentality it's like especially the fear of fear of like oh like it like I you know like I spruce it up even more and then like oh it's still not good enough like that's not how he would approach that it's like you you would you, you finish it and then you hear the feedback and then you you do it again yeah but uh, and um, even things like something like this, it's like it makes me think like it's crazy. Like I, I thought so many thoughts the last few days. Like like even the podcast, I'm like, man, like am I putting a, putting as much time as like I could put into this? Like as a, a, you know to make this the most it could be. Like um, like this guy was like like yeah, I don't even been, know. We've been I, I, to I, talk to you. <laughs> 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 No, but it's like this guy like did so many fucking things. It's like, and he has kids too. It's like, it's like, how did you have time for this? It's like, the day before he died, he was like, in in L.A. on a play date with his daughter, flew to Philly to watch LeBron 
break his record, went back to went back to LA, text called LeBron about like, oh, congratulations, texted Shaq's son, went on a fucking helicopter to go fly his daughter to her game that he coaches her team it's like how do you have time for this like i feel like i don't have time you know like with the things i have now it's like it's like like are you doing you know are you doing enough about the things that you like to do or that matter to you you know or you say that matters to you hey i i I had those same thoughts carl and uh you know i still think about it i you know ever since sunday you know, one of the things I just tell myself is I, all right, I'm not going to snooze. I'm not going to snooze. I got to make the best of every minute. And uh, I've been waking up, you know, like I've been waking up uh, 5.30 every morning. And first thing I say is, as I'm about to press that snooze button, I was like, hey, um, what would Mamba do, you know? Like, I'm not pressing that snooze button. Wake up. <laughs> Let's get this day going and do what you enjoy doing, you know? Um but you know, hey, I, I I get where you're going with that, and I mean, but that's that's the legacy left, you know. But his teachings are just the other the other sort of amazing thing about it too is that it wasn't all just you know he found himself in in a situation and he made the most of it. It was he had a plan always, whether it was you know when he got to the NBA, you know what he was going to do once he retired how he was going to be in his life and then he made that plan happen and i think i think i saw one article that said kobe could bend the universe and it's just it's just amazing to think about because it's such a perfect picture of kind of what kobe would do he would say i want to do this i want to write you know kids stories or kids podcast and i want to you know be fluent in all these languages i want to be the greatest basketball player and all this stuff and he would make it happen yeah that's what made his death feel like it's not real like um, yeah, he seemed he seemed invincible. Yeah, it's like real real life. Yeah, it's man. like uh, Lamar Odom had a quote on his Instagram that was like, "If there was one person I thought would like survive a helicopter crash, it would be Kobe Bryant. Like he would have jumped out <laughs> of the of the helicopter and like landed, and like he would have been okay. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just like it's like um, there's nothing that like felt like was up was out of his reach. You know, it's like like so like it's like it's not like you think he can defeat death, but it's much more that like he's not somebody that like death would is like gonna come for you know it's just like it's just he's Kobe you know it's like he's like it's like Kobe's like it's weird to say it's like it's a, it's eternal. It hit me so hard in that moment when I heard the news. Like, just I was crying, just randomly crying. I didn't know what to do. Um, and it was a. And you, you realize that Kobe was human too, and I don't know. It's, it's just tough. You want to take a take a little break here and hear from Kobe? Yeah, let's take a break. Uh, we'll be right back, guys. You know, basketball for me was the most important thing. The love of the game, the challenge. Like I, I would watch Magic play. I'd watch Michael play. And I would see them do these unbelievable things, and I'd say, you know, can I get to that level? I don't know, but let's find out. Let's find out. Because what I found in the NBA is a lot of guys played for financial stability. And when they came to the NBA, they got that financial stability. So therefore, the passion and the work ethic and the, obsession, and the obsessiveness was gone. So I'm looking at that, I'm like, oh 
like, this is going to be like taking candy from a baby. Now, I wonder Mike wins all these fucking championships. All right, welcome back, guys. So let's talk about, you know, what Kobe meant to you and, um, and just one of your favorite moments. I'm sure you have a bunch, Luca. Any, anything in particular that well, sticks out? I mean, believe it or not, me, <laughs> me and Kobe Bryant have a lot of things in common because, um, you know, like, every, I mean, you guys know I'm from Italy. I was born there and raised there. Uh, Kobe, Kobe moved to Italy when he was only, what, three, three or six years old, really, really young. And he, he grew up there, moved back to, to America when he was 13. So, you know, he had a lot of, like, Italian in, in him, especially at that age that, you know, you're really young. You, you, you suck every, you know, you're like a sponge. So you learn the language faster. You learn the culture. So you could tell even, even, even later in his life that he still had that in, in him. Like, it stick with him for the rest of his life. And... And, uh, you know, we, we, we treated him as one of our own. I mean, he was a big AC Milan fan. Uh, his father played there for like eight years of his career, end of a career. And, you know, he, he started playing basketball in Italy. Um, he even mentioned that, you know, the level of basketball wasn't that good there. And for him was, uh, you know, was a problem. I mean, he actually started getting into like real competitive basketball when he moved back to Philly. You know, that's another thing that I have in common with, with Kobe, that he moved from, from Italy to Philadelphia. And, you know, I live, I've been living in Philly for almost 10 years now. And, you know, he's, you know, he's a son here. You know, he's, uh, he, he went to high school here. He's a legend, a high school legend. He won state championship in Philadelphia. He used to practice with the Sixers when he was in his teenage years. And, you know, I, I you know, like, I've, I've, I grew up with him. I mean, I grew up with Kobe all, all my life. And... I've seen everything that he did since since you know he got drafted till you know Sunday, and um, I follow this career very closely. Just also because he has this Italian you know connection, and and uh, yeah, I mean it was it was horrible. It was horrible, and um, you know I know I know in Italy everybody's mourning, and that's all they're talking about on the news, and it was a really hard hit for for everybody in in, in Italy, and um, it was hard. It was hard, you know, because. Uh, you know, I live in America, and you know both both newspapers. I read Italian newspaper and an American newspaper, and everybody's only talking about Kobe. So it's like you can't even get away from it. I mean, it's just right in front of your face, and it was really hard to to see both perspective and like how people like remembered him. You know, in Italy, how people remembered him here, and you know everybody just loved him. I mean, <laughs> and respected him. And uh, I think I think there was a moment at the end of his career that the Milan team in the Milan wanted him to come back when he retired from the Lakers and play like a couple games in the in the actual season for Milan <laughs> and they offered him a contract and it was actually like a deal that was about to to happen and everybody was freaking out and you know it never happened but it it would have been really really nice to see but as far as my my greatest I mean the 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 memory of him that I have like the one that sticks for me the most is is definitely his last game um when he hit 60 points, I watched the entire game and I cried. I cried in that game. I remember. I think I. I think I even told Carl like I, I got. I got. I started crying at the end because for me that wasn't. That was the you know the, the end of the of an era. Like all of all of the stars that we grew up with. You know, I connected Kobe's career kind of with like MJ's and then like a transition into Kobe. You know, and then the Shaqs and you know all the other guys that we grew up with. The you know you know the the the. All the guys, you know, the more Alonzo Mornings and the Tim Hardaways that I used to follow. That was the the NBA that I that I grew up with, that I loved. And Kobe was like the guy to beat. He was the man. And uh, when that game ended, and and first it was an insane game, and just the way that 
you know, he hit 60 points on his last game. I think he won with the, the last shot was his shot. I remember I started crying. I was like, wow, man. Then he gave his interview at the end in front of the entire, you know, arena. He did his famous uh, Mamba Out moment. It was great. And uh, for me, it was like, you know, the you know kind of like the death of, a, of an era in my life, sports-wise. And I and I cried. So imagine the way I felt when he, you know, he actually passed away. I mean, it was, it was atrocious. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. And I still can't believe it today. So, yeah. That was my, that was my, that's my thought. Mac, uh... Alright, um, I mean, as far as what Kobe means to me, I mean, I guess I'm still figuring that out a little bit, just, um, with all that's happened, he wasn't, I know he wasn't, you know, my sports idol or, or basketball hero or anything like that, um, but I still respect the shit out of him and, and what he did and, and what he meant and everything. And I think just with consuming so much, um, just Kobe stories and info and, and everything over the last few days. Um, I mean, Kobe, I think we all realize he was a flawed human and I don't, I don't think it's, you know, we've never strayed from subjects like that, but I don't think this is really a time or the place to like, get into the specifics of stuff that happened, you know, a while back, but he is someone that, um, he was very introspective and he always was trying to improve and, and, and plan out, you know, his vision for the world. And I think ultimately had a net positive, which you can just see by the pouring out of love for him in his passing. Um, and I think the, the things that have really stuck with me is that he really, um, he was his daughters, all four of them. He was their father. And I mean, uh, Gianna passed away on that, uh, helicopter trip as well. And, you know, he's going to her practice that he's dedicated himself to, you know, supporting her in any way possible. And it's just heartbreaking and and also just you know you, you can't help but but smile thinking about what he had done and what he was planning on doing for things that he became passionate about based on you know his prior experiences in life um women's sports is one of them and and his daughters in particular and also hearing stories just about what he meant to the other kids you know in the nba uh, like Zaire Wade and stuff and Shaq's son and and just the impact that he always had. It just seemed like a, a genuine individual who was looking out for people beyond himself when, you know, he, he certainly had a reputation otherwise, at least on the court. Um, so I just, you know, that that kept resonating with me and, and also just that thought about bending the universe, you know, just having a, having a plan and, and sort of finding a way to, to make it happen. Well said. Um, you know, when I was saying earlier, when I found out about the news, I, I it was right over there. Uh, I know you guys <laughs> can't see it, but I was just standing and crying. And, you know, these last three days, you know, you kind of reflect on why you're crying, like why there, why, like, and thinking about it, you know, I think I was crying because I realized at, and I, I keep going back to that coffee shop and as, as, as I'm messaging Carl and, and, uh, and, um, you know, 
going through all like going through depression, trying to figure out the next step in my life, and that single moment and everything he said, the Mamba mentality. I, I I think I was crying because I was like, crap. Am I living up to? Am I living up to everything I said that day? And um, I don't want to be a disappointment. I'm going to follow through. I don't want to be a disappointment to Kobe. Um, and this, I, Kobe wasn't my favorite basketball player. And Carl, you know this for a fact. Um, I have a lot, I, you know, Penny's my favorite basketball player, but Kobe changed my life. That's the difference. Um, I think Carl knows this. Yeah, I actually have a spreadsheet that I it's, it's something for work and uh, non-work related stuff and things you know, hobbies and things I want to improve in life. And it's a Google it's a Google document. It's it's called Mamba. That's all it is, Mamba. And you know, I just looking at that means something different now. I remember waking up Monday morning because I clicked on that drive and so it was like kind of just input some data for work. And I'm like, crap. But that's what he means to me. He just, just continue self-improving. That's not going to change. Um, just keep working hard. Be the best. Uh, though I'm not a father, just be the best. Just be the best person you can be. But just be a good human. Um, be a good uncle, and hopefully, you know, down the road, just be a good husband, good father. Uh, I were just I actually as as I was driving home from work, uh, let's watch listening to one of his interviews, and he was he was talking about his Achilles rupture. Um, and you know, just shooting those free throws and just kind of getting over it is just, it's, you know, I love, he loves the game so much. I like, it just, he got those free throws in. Um, the, the reason I bring this up is he was talking about his, talking about coming home from like a hard days of work and basketball tra practice or whatever it may be. And, um, you know, he's tired. He wants to go to sleep, he's worked hard and, one of his daughters wants to play with him, you know, and in his mind, he wants to go to sleep. But he talks about how if this was basketball, I have the flu, I'm pushing through it because I love the game. So why can't I relate to relate that to this particular scenario? I love I love my daughter. I'm going to play with her. I'm going to push through it. And that kind of, you know, that, 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 that's the mentality, the mama mentality. You know, people just think of hard work, hard work, but, like, it translates in so many different ways. And that, that kind of got to me. Kobe was on a different level. Um, but, yeah, thank you, Kobe. Uh, my favorite moment. <laughs> uh, it goes, there was a... There's a couple. I'm going to cheat. But my, the, the first one being his last game. I remember watching that game. I was like, I, I, if this was any other... Because it was any other game, 
didn't mean that game particular didn't mean anything as far as standings were concerned. But it was Kobe's last game. I gotta watch it. I stayed up for it, and you know, the ending was actually Rocky like for me. You know, the game ended. He's on the center of the court, close to the center of the court. He gets a microphone. You know, everybody's surrounded by him. The lights are dimmed. And I was like, this is kind of surreal. This is actually kind of cool, you know, just the way it ended, you know. Uh, that was that was awesome. That, that was, you know, I, I just smiled, you know. Uh, my other favorite moment was actually, it's, fa- it's a favorite moment for me because I kind of understand like I understand the hard work that was put into how he got better. It was the Carl. Maybe you can help me with this. Is when he was going for a game winner in the playoffs, and it was a three pointer, and he fell. Sh- it oh, was like an in, air ball. In Utah, in his first year. Yeah. Uh, it, it was actually yeah. like three um, air fa- balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Three air balls. Uh, it's a fa- and you're probably wondering why that's a favorite moment for me. Um, because listening to his, you know, later interviews and he's talking about that and he's talking about, listen, I, you know, I'm, I, I got to think about this logically. I, why was I shooting those air balls? Because my legs were tired. In the off season, I'm going to train myself where my legs are fresh for not 82 games, but for a hundred games. So it could be, it could be ready for the playoffs. Um, his trainings can be ready for the playoffs, and uh, that's why it's. I know it's kind of a stretch, but that, that that's why that's. It's a favorite moment for me now, um, because you realize the hard work that. That was put in from that moment. And you know, I, she turned. I tap on her shoulder. She turns around, and I said, "Excuse me, what's your name?" She said, "Vanessa." You know, she. You know, my eyes got real big, and it's just like there was no one before her. Mm-mm. I mean, why, you would have thought there had been 15 before Vanessa. No. Was it the fact that you've been waiting for the right one, or? She's just it. <laughs> She's just the one. Man, like, what, uh, what Kobe means to me, it's like, it's crazy. Um, I've, I've thought about a lot of things with it. Like, um, like would I even be on this podcast without Kobe? Like, um, basically... I became. I used to kind of watch basketball like here and there when I was a kid, before Kobe was playing. But then Kobe came in. Kobe was drafted when I was ten years old. So that, like this like ninety six, ninety seven season, I heard there was this kid that was like he drafted at seventeen, playing. He was in the NBA at eighteen years old, and uh, that was just like the coolest thing to me. It's like oh wow, like. Uh, like this guy is like old enough to be like my, uh, you know, like my older brother or something. So I guess like um, if you could say like what Kobe means to me, it's like when the night that Kobe died, Sunday night, like I was like, I couldn't even hold back the tears anymore at a certain point. Like, so my girlfriend's like, it's like you lost a friend. And I, and I was like, I did. Like, um, like I don't, it's like, the things that Kobe means to me, it's like, um, it's not even like, uh, there's like, obviously there's games and there's like moments, but it's just like, like days of my life that were like connected to that. Like, like I became a big basketball fan because of Kobe Bryant. Like the, my three favorite teams are the Marlins in baseball, 
the Dolphins, and the Lakers. The one outlier is basketball, obviously. Because, like, Kobe Bryant was such, like, my favorite player to such a degree that, like, I basically, like, I was willing to, like, basically abandon, like, the my hometown team. And, uh, so, basically, so, like, because, like, and, like, every day as a kid, it was, like, um, I didn't have cable as a kid, so every weekend with um, NBA Inside stuff, I know, like, I know Luca definitely remembers that. We've talked about that. I'm sure Rav remembers it too. Um, and then Sundays, NBA and NBC, the Lakers were like almost always on. And like, and so I was like, I was watching Kobe come off the bench behind Eddie Jones, especially his second year, when he was like, he was balling off the bench. He made the All Star team. And uh, I would like check the paper every day. We because we used to get the Miami Herald, and like. Sometimes it wouldn't be like the games on the West Coast would end too early, so I couldn't even like, I couldn't even see what happened. It would be like it would say like it was it was like the game ended yeah. after like the paper in the box scores. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, bo- like the West yeah, Coast yeah, games the they wouldn't even put them on because it was too late. This yeah, yeah. Pre-internet like, era. So the, I, told, <laughs> I remember this. Yeah, I had to wait till <laughs> I had to wait till the day after to find out like exactly yeah, how yeah. it played out and everything, you know, like. And I used to like fucking study his box scores, man. Like as a kid, like I used to have like his stats memorized, like points, rebounds, assists, field goal percentage, like for at least his first seven to ten years. Like I probably still remember it now if you really push me to like to to like pull the numbers out. Like uh like just like everything, man. It's like um like I want like I'm a writer now, like I like we've talked about, like I was a writer because like I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to major in. I was kinda of thinking about psychology and then I was like I basically like uh I was always good at language arts, but then like I was always talking about sports and like I love sports. I love the I love the NBA. I mean, I was I was a I was a football fan too, but like I wanted to become a sports writer, like uh, because I wanted to cover the NBA because my dream was either like I'm gonna go to the LA Times and 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 cover the Lakers or work for ESPN and as a national writer and I'm gonna cover the Lakers. And I'm gonna meet Kobe Bryant. Like and that's that's not even when I'm like a kid. I'm like I'm like 20 years old at that point, you know. <laughs> and like and like uh, something I was thinking about just before we started this, I was like, I I couldn't get into the the journalism college at UF. I had to because uh, they were overbooked with students. I had to so so like they could they wouldn't take transfers. They'd only take you if you were like uh, if you were an in- incoming freshman. So I basically I was like, well, I'll just teach myself journalism, <laughs> you know, like how to like I would just like study other, other writers, other journalists, and I'm gonna do that. And then like I started writing for the student paper, and then like I'm not a sports writer anymore, anymore but like then I discovered I I actually really like this in general, you know. Um, so it's like, well, calling my Brian Meese to me, it's like it's like it's kind of like, like I don't know if I would be here right now having this like podcasts with you guys i don't know if like i'd be writing i might maybe i would be maybe all these things would happen anyway but like that does that really matter because like this is the way that it happened you know so i mean that's that's basically that's i mean i could talk forever on this but that's that's basically the 
the most of it for me. Now I got to go tell stories. Yeah. How did that happen? Because I love it. So, you know, it started for me again in high school when I started learning about storytelling, writing, how to structure a story, how to put together, how to thread together a narrative that has a bigger message, how to create compelling characters, how to take some of the emotions from my, from my own journey and instill them into characters that inspire or teach the next generation. Therefore, they can avoid some of the pitfalls and landmines that I had to go through. Right? That's something I'm extremely passionate about, so I loved it. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, unlike the other guys, I've got a, a top eight, because fittingly for Kobe Bryant, my, um, I'm, I'm actually wearing a number, that number eight jersey right now. Um, so I thought, um, think of your top eight Kobe Bryant moments. And uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I, I came up with, I could have come up with 20, but I had to come up with eight. And there's a ninth I didn't want to leave out because I think it's a forgotten game. So my honorable mention Kobe Bryant game slash moment is in 2002, he scored 56 points in three quarters against Memphis. Um, and, and it's funny just because just uh, you always hear about the 62 game that he had in 2006, but like he did like something almost as crazy in, two, in 2002 when he was, uh, if my memory is right, 23 years old. He was uh, 21 for 34 from the field, 11 for 12 from the line, like just one of many, like, like, just like great games that were actually, that, that were way more efficient than he gets credit for. Um, so my actual number eight game is game seven, 2010 NBA finals. Not his best, uh, I mean, <laughs> Coming off the previous comment that I just made, not his best shooting performance. Like, that was actually the one game that, like, I felt like I saw Kobe Bryant was, like, he was pressing too much. He was nervous. But he still found a way to, like, uh, you know, contribute to the game positively and, like, make plays that he had to, had to be made to win the game. Um, he was only 6 or 24 from the field. It's an infamous uh, stat line. Like, people that, like, were trying to, like, that didn't like Kobe at the time would use that against him. But he, he still scored 23 points. And more importantly, he got 15 rebounds. Like, uh, and that's kind of like a re recurring theme for me. Like, if I had more time, I would talk about this. Like, Kobe Bryant could do whatever, like, uh, whatever a team needed or whatever was required of him to, like, contribute to, like, positive basketball, like a win. And um, that's something that I think is underrated. Like, he gets talked about, like, as a scorer, and I do the same thing. But, like, he could, like, his game was complete. Um... Number seven for me, game four, 2001 against the Sacramento Kings in the second round of the playoffs. Like, uh, that's the year that the Lakers went 15-1 and one in the postseason. Like, I had never seen anything like that before. Um, and uh, he scored 48 points, pulled down 16 rebounds, and, like, an underrated thing. And this is also a recurring thing. He played all 48 minutes in that game. He didn't come out one minute in that game. And, like... That's something you never see these days. Um, number six is actually the game just before that. Um, game one against the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, game four against the San Antonio Spurs to close them out in the playoffs. This was Duncan, peak Duncan, um, if I if I recall correctly. No, he didn't win MVP that year. Allen Iverson did. That was 2001. But still, like, Duncan was already a finals MVP in 99. 
And Kobe Bryant put um, put up 45 points, 10 rebounds, and 47 minutes. So he basically came out for a minute. He played the whole game. Um, my number five is game four of the 2000 NBA Finals, the first his first title, the first tie, Lakers title that I was um, alive to see. Well, I mean, not alive, but like, you know, I could understand basketball. Um, he, uh, people forget that he, uh, he basically like, he, he turned his ankle in game two because uh, Jalen Rose admits this, admits this. He, he like basically put his foot under him to hurt, basically trying to get him hurt. And he, he turned his ankle. He missed most of game two, missed all of game three. He came back game four, 28 points, five assists, four rebounds. Played 47 minutes. Shaq fouled out in the in overtime of that game. Kobe basically made sure that, like, you know, like to close out the game. And and um, they both say that like Kobe just came to him and said like I got this. This was like when Shaq was at his peak. Like he was uh, he won the MVP that year. Um, and and Kobe like like held it down. Uh, game. My number four is his 62 points in three quarters against Dallas. Again, that's just like another just like insanely dominant performance. Um, he scored 62 points on 18 for 31 shooting, 22 of 25 from the line. Again, like another like that's a crazy efficient game. Um, and he outscored the Mavericks at that point. He had 62 points by himself, and the Mavericks had had 61. Um, number three, 81 points against Toronto for me. Um, like he, uh, unlike, I'm not trying to say that his game was better than Wilt's, but like in Wilt's game, like they were trying to feed him points to get him a record. Like in this game, like the Lakers were actually so bad that they needed him to score. He wants to win. We were down, um, we were down four, like 14 at the half, I think 18 at one point in the third quarter. And then, like, he basically turned the game around. He scored 55 points in the second half. Um, 20, on 20 out of 46 shooting, 7 on 13 from the field, eight for 18 for 20 from the line. Um, my number two game is, or moment, is game seven, 2000 against Portland. Lakers are down 15 points in the fourth quarter. Um, Kobe Bryant led basically the team in every major stat. Um, and that was basically like the game that like kind of said that like this guy is a superstar to me. And like he, he was playing against a, a Portland team, I think was top to bottom, a better team, like at least like player for player. Like obviously Kobe and Shaq were the best two players on the floor, but, but like, uh, he, he had 25 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists. I think two blocks led, led the team in all those categories, played 47 minutes again. Um, and he basically, like, pushed the Lakers over the top. Like, his most famous play, even though he's known as a scorer, is the alley-oop to Shaq on that play, like the Kobe to Shaq alley-oop. Um, number one for me is 1998 All-Star Game. Um, just because, like, he was playing against Michael Jordan. He was he was a star. He was voted as a starter for the All Star game, but he didn't even start in the Lakers yet. He was behind Eddie Jones, and uh, but he was at that point in the season he was averaging like seventeen points off seventeen points per game off the bench. The Lakers had one of the best records in the NBA. He was like, 
I remember just like as a kid, just watching Lakers games, waiting for him to uh, to come into the game. You know, like like every Sunday or like whatever game day the game was on. Like, and then like I wait for him to check in, and he check in, and like he would just do things that I thought were like crazy that this guy is nineteen years old doing, and then. He's like guarding Michael Jordan in the All Star game. It was just, it was amazing to me. That's like, like I was a Kobe fan before, but I think that's really what like, what really like dug it in for me at least, you know. So, those are my, uh, my top eight Kobe Bryant moments. That was beautiful, Carl. Um, damn, just you know, just a little nostalgic going through as you were kind of describing all of those games. Uh, yeah. Um, we're gonna just wanted to kind of wrap up the show. Uh, just, just some final thoughts. Uh, I, I, what I, I want the audience and even myself, heck, um, to get out of this is, you know, I don't know, just. As Kobe said, you know, just chase your dreams, wake up every morning and go after it. Things you love to do, don't settle. I know these are all cliches, but sometimes you just got to remind yourself. um, Don't make excuses. If you have insecurities, uh, actually, uh, Kobe, you know, I was actually listening to another another one of his interviews and he was like, in regards to your insecurities and your your weaknesses, basically, basically said get get over yourself and work on them. Um, but yeah, just don't take take don't take any day for granted. Just make the best of it. Call your loved ones, hug your loved ones. Um, every second, every minute's precious. And uh, and I hope uh, everybody that's listening out there just just make the best of life. I think that's what Kobe would want us to do. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts, Mac? One, I mean, my heart just goes out to Kobe's family and, and all those people that um, considered him family. That goes to, you know, guys guys on this podcast as well. Um, and, and they're, they're the ones suffering. So, um, all my best to, to them, my condolences. And, uh, the other, the other big takeaway I think is just, um, I'm sort of, it's a obviously tragic event. Um, but my heart is warmed by the overall, uh, positive reaction from, the greater basketball and even beyond basketball community, um, you know, Kobe himself, uh, I think he had a, he had a big heart, um, very introspective. Like we said, look to look to make the best of, um, his relationships and stuff like that. And I think a lot of guys, um, big or small have sort of decided, you know, it, there's there's a lot in this world that um, is more important than just holding a grudge or, or a beef or something like that, and focusing on on what's really important out there, um, is kind of the the way to be. And I think that's I think that's the right mentality to have. Carl, 
Oh, uh, yeah, man. Um, I mean, final thought, basically, man, like, I just thought of this while you guys were talking, like, it's a couple things, but, like, uh, with Kobe, like, don't try to, try to do your best, try to be your best, you know, that's, like, something that, I mean, I've kind of thought, thought about before, in, like, in a general sense, but I feel like that's kind of what he would want, and also, um, make the most of, like, your time and your, like, your relationships with people, you know, just, um, because you don't realize, like, what time is left or anything, you know, like, everyone thinks that, like, we have forever to do, to do whatever, and you, you really don't at the end of the day, you know. Do you think your daughter might want to play in the WNBA? She does, for sure. This, this kid, man. She's Wouldn't like, that be great? Dude, man, I, I'm telling you. The best thing, the best thing that happens is when we go out and, and, and fans will come up to me and she'll be standing next to me and they'll be like, hey, you gotta have a boy. You and V gotta have a boy, man. You have somebody carry on the tradition, the legacy. She's like, oh yeah, I got this. <laughs> when my kids are in there and you know they're looking at you and stuff, and I'm looking at them and I'm like, you know, it's all right, dad's gonna be all right. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. As a parent, you gotta set the example. You know, my, my, my final thought is that, uh, first of all, I, I, I'm still in denial that this happened. I can't truly accept it. I've been, uh, yesterday I spent like at least uh, an hour going through Kobe's Instagram, every single picture till, since the first one he posted. And it just I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it that, you know, that he's gone like that. And uh, his, his daughter is gone. He was so close to his daughter. That that's that I think that that's what made it way worse for me. I mean, just when I found out about his daughter, I I knew that he was like te coaching her, and that she had you know potential to make it to the WNBA one day, and she was like a mini me of you know like a mini me like girl version of Kobe, and it's unbelievable that they're both gone at the same time that they were together on that helicopter, and um, I don't know, but. Um... Yeah, we. I wish we were, we were we were talking about you know previewing previewing the the Super Bowl instead of talking about this. But unfortunately, this is life, and uh, and that's just the way it is. But uh, I just wanna. I know what I, this is stupid, but I just wanna say thank you to to Kobe for 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 what he meant to me and what he meant to a lot of people. But everybody's different, so I, I know what he meant to me personally. And uh, thank you, Kobe Bryant, for 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 your message and for your life. Yeah, I mean, I think we all owe him a, a little gratitude. Yeah. So thanks to uh, thanks to I mean each of you guys. I mean, I've I mean I've known Luke obviously forever. It's like twenty years, so he knows like I've been a Kobe fan since the beginning. But obviously, Raf knows, and I've known Raf for a while too. I mean. Mac and Mac and I have known each other more recently, the last four or five years. But, but even then, like he still knew. Like I mean, like I remember probably more than four or five years. I think. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's, it's been more than five years. Like, whenever that chat started, I don't remember. <laughs> no, but like even then, he knew. Like, I think the chat existed yeah. when Kobe tore his Achilles. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Way before yeah, that. Yeah, so too. like obviously, like yeah. I was a complete Kobe stan. I was like, I was devastated when he tore his Achilles. So obviously, like getting to talk to it, talk about it with like people that like, you know, that have known that for a while, you know, just at least helpful for me, you know. 
Yeah, I think this was uh, this was good. Hope everyone out there listening got something out of it, enjoyed it. You know, <clears throat> just doing doing all. Yeah, right. we're gonna we're gonna leave you guys here with the the final note. We actually a couple months ago, I think this was our fifth episode. Rev texted me today about it. I couldn't believe it. And like, when, I don't know if you guys remember our, and to our followers that we did a a thank you segment. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry segment. Yeah, we apologize I'm to sorry, you know, some athletes that we wanted yeah. to apologize. And believe it or not, Rev Rev athletes was uh was Kobe Bryant and uh we we have a little little take from that episode that we're going to leave here as our outro. We usually have a music piece, but uh, I think this is going to be a little bit more uh, you know, meaningful to to put here at the end. And uh, hopefully you guys stick around and listen to that. And I, I, I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. Mamba out. Mamba out. Mamba out. Mamba out. The following recording is from episode 5, November 13, 2019, where we discussed Kobe Bryant on our It's Not You, It's Me episode. Enjoy. Rab, who, which player? You, you said it was going to be a big surprise. So I want to hear this one. I, I think this is a big surprise for most people that haven't known me pre-26 year old. And this may include both of you guys, actually, because I, I barely knew you guys. But I'm, I'm, I, this goes way back, and I wish Carl was here. Um, sorry to Kobe Bryant. Uh, this is a, a delayed wow. apology. Yeah. Okay, relax, relax. <laughs> one second. Okay. Kobe Bryant. All right. I want to hear I'll, this one. I'll, I'll make this quick. But uh, back in the day, when that Kobe Bryant Shaq feud was going on, I, I took Shaq's side, and I was an idiot for it. I don't know why, but I always hated on Kobe. I think part of it was because I was afraid Kobe was going to take over Jordan. Part of it was because Carl was a huge fan of Kobe and he couldn't stop talking about him. But it blinded me from the fact that how how much of a douchebag Shaq. It was and still is. Um, he, he he's a narcissist. <laughs> he has an ego, and that, I mean that's not something. Yeah, I mean that, that you just that's that's it's an obvious statement right there. But I, I apologize for Kobe for all the bad things I've said, and no, and I and I sincere, sincerely mean this because as I've followed Kobe's career and even post retirement, he that man's a legend, uh, inspirational. <laughs> mamba mentality and part of me wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for him so uh, thanks for all the motivation and all the hard work i'm sorry for all the bad things i said in in a sport in a sports hate um, sense i i never said any bad yeah but yeah i love you kobe and i hope you're listening wow mamba out hopefully we can get him on our show one of these days (laughs) yeah you can you can uh, chat with him in italian Oh, it would be perfect. It'd be amazing. He's a he's a super nice guy. <laughs> born, raised in Italy, born in Philly. I mean, what else can you want? I mean, the guy has, a, has it all. Uh, Kobe Bryant is a legend. He's one of those guys. I mean, you guys played sports, and he's that guy in the in the team that like he's a pain in the ass, and you you freaking hate the guy. But then off the field is like one of the you know one of the coolest guy. It's just that when you're in that in that on that court on that field, all you want to do is win so bad that like. You know, sometimes you, you ruin some relationships. But I, I played, I played soccer with a guy like that up in Philly. He's just like super, super fiery Italian guy on the field, but off the off oh, yeah, the yeah. field, off the field, really super nice guy. <laughs> it's team, true. Team brunch every week, always on him. <laughs> <laughs> Organizing the captain, always always in charge, always on time. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I. 
God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out.